This is Centre Pass on SENZ. Ricardo Ball, Storm Purvis with you. Welcome back, Stormy. How you Thank doing? Thank you. It's good to be back. Oh, mate, it's good Ho-ho. to have you back. Remember how to do this. Uh, well, I, I, was, I, I wasn't here last week uh, and Mania filled in. Yes. And then realised you weren't here, so he had to do a whole netball show by himself. Uh, and he was a bit like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. But he got through. I think he tried to get out of it. And then Karen, um, I think our producer Karen, stepped in and helped him out of it. Who is... Like an oracle of netball, anyway. So yeah, so that's good. But, <laughs> but Mani texts me, and he's like, "Can any way you can call in? Like, I'm not going to be able to do this by myself, mate." <laughs> um, but that last Tuesday was the worst day. But I'm feeling absolutely fine. Great. I, I, actually, listening to myself now, I still sound a little bit. A little bit raspy, maybe. A little more radio. No, yeah. I don't mind it. I'm okay it's with right. it. It's all right. You're all um, good. You're but all it good. rocked me. It really rocked me. Oh, well, I'm glad you're yeah. feeling better. Thank you. Yeah, thank well, you, thank welcome you. Welcome back into the studio. Now, coming yes. up on the show, uh, Storm's Team of the Week. Uh, we're going to go through that a little bit later on. If you've got anything you want to get in touch with us about, you can do. The Temper Bedpost text machine is double eight double three, or you can call us anytime on the Kennards Hire phone line, 0800 150 811. Uh, we're going to be talking, of course, ANZ Championship, ANZ Premier. I should say, and uh, Claire O'Brien is going to join us as well uh, in around 10-15 minutes time. Uh, we will also catch up with, it's always good to get an umpire or referee's point of view, so yes. you know, Angela Armstrong-Lush is going to join us as well, so uh, plenty to get your teeth into, but what was your standout from the weekend, Storm? It's honestly been such a weird couple of rounds. I feel like I can't even say weekends because games are being played on Wednesday now mm. at the moment trying to get um, all these COVID catch-up games in. But for me, I could not go past Wednesday uh, last week, which I'm including in the weekend if that's okay. That's that's fine. Um, <laughs> The Stars um, getting it up over the pulse by one point, um, which was, why do I feel like I've got that day wrong? Because uh, that was on Sunday. Thank you. Mm. I'm just looking at my notes here. Sorry. Sunday. Yeah. That was the weekend. Sunday, getting it over the pulse. Brain fog. I tell you what, it's a thing. Yeah, I bet. I know people are using it as an excuse, but I, I'm here to say it's a thing. <laughs> Case in point. Anyway, so last Wednesday, um, the Stars and the Pulse played, mm. and the Pulse won by 10. Yeah, 56-46, um, right. Yeah, quite yeah. convincingly. The Stars looked out of sorts. Um, they were in a bit of a slump. They'd just come off a massive loss to the Mystics and really just weren't looking like a championship contending side. And the Stars are my team, so that hurt a bit, mm. to be honest. Um, and then on Sunday, less than you know, five days later, four days later, the Stars and Pulse played again, is the way that the COVID draw is working at the moment. Yeah. And the Stars pulled out a one-goal win. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just an 11-goal turnaround uh, for a team that was really looking down in the dumps and out against a pole side that were looking like championship contenders. Mm. I was picking a um, Pulse Mystics final this time last week. Um, That was really, really incredible to see. And I'm stoked for the Stars girls. I think um, Anna Harrison and Ali Timu in the defensive end have just been outstanding. And they were outstanding in that loss against the Pulse uh, anyway as well. But their attack just couldn't reward them. And to finally see that kind of pay off on Sunday night was was really great to see. And it's great to give the competition just a bit of a shake-up because now there's, you know, three or four teams, well, yeah, definitely four teams in there that um, will be fighting for those final three spots. Yeah, and I mean, as you said, you know, the COVID draw, because actually that game on Wednesday was the round one game. Round one game. Yeah. We so, played a round one game in round eight week. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, go figure, go figure. Uh, and and there's, there's actually more of that to come, I think. Um, four catch-up games still to play. 
So every team has at least one of those, apart from the pulse. So they may be um, they may be in a good spot going forward. But yeah, just four rounds to go. I think the Tactics have five games in the next twelve days. Mystics have seven games um, in three weeks. So it's it's hectic times, and it's pretty hard to keep on top of, really. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, the other th- unusual thing about these two games between the Stars and the Pulse is that it was the eight, the away team that won both times. Yes. I only just I wrote that down in the car when I was yeah. thinking I wonder where those games were played and I because I couldn't remember and you're right it was the away um, the away side which is really interesting in netball because uh, history would you know tell you that that's not often the case no um, home home games in netball are actually really important because it's such an intimate little stadium and mm. you know players are right there uh, sorry the crowds are right there so um, hats off to the to the stars really for being able to pull that off down in Palmy because that's you know the pulse love playing in Palmy um, and they would have been absolutely gutted with that I was going to ask you that you know the pulse would you rather play them in Palmy than Wellington but no uh, well so if they play in Wellington they tend to play at the TSB arena yeah and while that's a massive arena and it's really cool when you're in there and it feels amazing. It, it doesn't have that kind of intimate, um, intense feel to it. Um, whereas when they play in Porirua, where they play most often, or Palmy, you know, it really feels like the crowd are on top of you and next to you. So um, I prefer playing them in Wellington because um, I just love the playing in the big stadiums, as anyone would. But yeah, to play in Palmy, I think to get a win in Palmy was pretty epic from the stars so Jamie Hume was MVP in that match she actually put up 24 shots Maya in at goal shoot shot 23 and wow. again something that really never happens in netball especially no. netball we're seeing these days Grace Nwicky shooting 50 and Monica Faulkner shooting two for the Mystics yeah. <laughs> so to see a goal attack put up more than a goal shoot um, is great Kitty Wills coach will be stoked with that knowing that different players can bear the load and step up when they need to um, so yeah it was a, a fascinating weekend for me really I mean, if you've got that happening, I mean, you know, we know we've talked about Grace Nowicki before, and you know, just this her size, uh, her height make her so hard to defend. Mm. But I mean, if you don't have a Grace Nowicki or an Irene Van Dyke, you know, it feels to me like it should be something you should do that your goal attack goal shoot should split that because then it makes you harder to read, right? Which is why New Zealand won the World Cup back in 2019, and why the Silver Ferns have been pretty dominant in the last few years is because they uh, had the likes of Amelia Onikanasio in at goal attack who is not afraid to shoot from anywhere um, you know the World Cup combination was Maria Falau and Ekanasio who both are pretty much goal attacks playing together um, and so I think a lot of you know defenders and countries were thinking gosh how the hell do we defend these guys what do we do and you have to really um, you know dig deep into your arsenal to figure out your tactics and try different things so if you know the stars they have Maya Wilson who can be your Grayson Wickey and, and your Irene Van Dyke yeah. on her good day and usually she is that person um, but it's great for the stars to be able to say if Maya's having an off day, we've got a goal attack who can, you know, step up and, and do her thing. So it was a really great game to watch. I'm getting carried away. They only won by one. Mm. But considering they lost by 10, you know, three days, four days prior, um, they should be stoked with that. I mean, as someone who played most of their netball as a, as a defensive player. All of it. But, yeah. They never okay. trusted me with no? any attacking you, you responsibility. Ne- <laughs> you didn't even get a WD bib from time to time? No, no. absolutely not. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, in that scenario, I mean, how do you approach that as a defender? I mean, do you just 
for want of a better term, a man mark? Like yeah. go, you just pick a player each and go, okay, you just stay on them? Or yeah. do you, does the GK just stay under the hoop and just go, right, you stay there, you go here and, and, and try and cover the perimeter? So pretty much in New Zealand, we're known for playing a zone-type defence. So yeah. in the defensive circle, you play what we call sides, kind of like a pulley effect. If one's up, the other one's back, and you kind of just stick to your side and move lots. If that happens... You really do need to go man on, which yeah. is where if I was playing goal defence, I'd have to stick to that goal attack, follow her around all over the court, um, which was never fun. You don't like to do that. That's a little more exhausting. And you don't often get or set up the big flashy intercepts. But if you're trying to keep someone out of the game, then that's what you need to do. Mm. It feels more reactive than proactive. Exactly, yeah. Mm. And it's the style of defence that Australia play. Um, so it was interesting that the Ferns, um, thinking back to the 2019 World Cup, were able to kind of whip out that kind of attacking play with two dominant shooters, and Australia still weren't able to get on top of it. So Mm. um, speaking of World Cup, I mean, we've got Com Games this year, Mm. and Dame Noling Todor came out this week saying, or last week, saying she is, you know, looking at picking a squad of 27 to take to trials at the end of the ANZ Premiership, bringing, on, bringing back the good old trials, the possible versus probables game and all that. Have you had a call? No, absolutely not. All right, okay. Hey, so I'm 27, 27 is a lot of players. It is a lot of players. And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, man, do we have 27 players you know, good enough to be invited to these Ferns trials? And I started rattling them off in my head and got there pretty easily. Well, it's about half of the squads competing in the ANZ, isn't it? Roughly? Pretty much, yeah. You sign 10, so six teams, 10 um, fully contracted players. So, yeah, 60 to choose from. And, yeah, we've seen in this competition so far pretty much every single bench player has either started at some point of the season or played at least half a game. So, you know, there is a, a lot of depth out there and, and coaches across the country are being, you know, are having to use every single player they have available. So, you know, Dame Knowles has got a tough ask, uh, a tough task, sorry, on her hands trying to pick a squad. And I love that she's bringing back trials. Yeah. Throw them into that situation and, you know, see how they can go with five days of back-to-back netball, see what combinations work. Um, I hope there's a secret camera there somewhere because I'd love to watch it. Wow, surely, surely. We've got to, surely. Surely we're going to see those games. Yeah, somewhere, absolutely. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you well, think that means then that the, uh, the ANZ Premiership is about right, six teams? I mean, I, I've always wondered whether that's enough. Um, but, I mean, COVID has probably helped the argument that, yes, it is because yeah. of death. But, I mean, in a non-COVID setup, is six enough, do you think? I I think it's enough in terms of the depth in New Zealand and trying to keep that quality and standard of netball being played. Like, it, it's enough. And if anything, in the past, I kind of thought, Shh, maybe it's too many. But yeah. you, you need at least six to run a competition. Um, back in the ANZ Championship days, we had five teams here and five in Australia. And that was fantastic. So when we split, uh, we obviously needed another team to make the competition even. And the sixth team was born in the Auckland sort of area, second Auckland franchise. And it took the Stars a couple of seasons, really, to become contenders. And, you know, they were grand finalists in 2019. So um, it's enough. I don't think you could throw any more in there just yet, to be honest, unless you kind of did what Super Rugby have done at the moment and Mm. and put together a sort of Pacifica team or a Fijian team because there's some great talent out in the islands. But, um, yeah, we're we're not quite there yet. Um, I'd love to see it go back to a Trans-Tasman competition, if I'm being honest, but, again, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I I wondered uh, when that happened, that split happened, why New Zealand Netball didn't look at it and go, okay, so Australia, you're running your comp then. We're going to run our comp at this time so it's wrapped before your comp starts. 
because I thought that would be better for the athletes. We could then have our top players could go and play in Australia as well, play at a higher level, get more netball. They could be full-time pros because they can get two contracts, if you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's something that the, the you know the Players Association have ever talked to New Zealand netball about. I think it's a, it's a timing thing, really. Um, there's a lot of international netball played in the international window. Um, you know, there's the Quad Series, the Constellation Cup, Tiny Jameson Trophy, usually some sort of pinnacle event kind of alternating every second year or so. Um, so that would be really tough to do and it would be a lot of netball. Um, and it would mean shortening our competition here, I think, and kind of compromising the quality of our competition. Um, it'd be cool if it could wrap up early enough so that the real top dog players could go over there and play the second half of the season or something. But, yeah, um, yeah at the moment, that's that's not on the cards. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. are you keeping much of an eye on that Aussie comp? They're about halfway, aren't they? A little bit, a little bit. They are halfway. It's been in, um, or something that's been in the media and the netball world a lot lately has been, um, there's been this real spotlight on a defender from the uh, Sunshine Coast Lightning called Kate Walsh. And that's why I want to talk to our umpire, mm. Um, and Armstrong Lush later in the show because uh, this player, Kate Walsh, has gone viral on TikTok, something like 5 million views of her um, what they're calling bullying tactics on court. And she's pretty much just shoving her hands, uh, clotheslining a player, just really testing the waters, this young rookie player who came on, and there's no umpire intervention, so she's kind of just doing what she's getting away with. But she has been harassed online. Um, Netball Australia have come out condemning online bullying in her defence, and it's become this big sort of fiasco. Um, So so on-court bullying's okay, but online bullying's not. Is that what they're saying? Well, well, I just... I've watched the clip, and I... As a defender, I'm like, yeah, I kind of see what she was doing. And if you're not getting pulled for it, uh, where's the line? Yeah. And I just want to. It's cheating if you get caught, right? Oh, kind of. Kind of, kind of. Yeah. And in the heat of the moment, like it's a professional league. That's the big girls league over there. Um, and you do what you what you can do. So I'm just really interested to hear from an umpire's perspective what she would have done in that situation. I want to clarify the rule, which we'll get into a little bit later on in the show, who was really in the wrong there because nothing was called. Um, but otherwise, yeah, if you want to watch the, the Suncorp uh, Super Netball, it's a great competition and it is worth watching. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on. In fact, we'll probably talk about that next because uh, we are going to interview Claire O'Brien, who's done a fair share of her netball playing over in Australia. Claire's going to join us next here on Centre Pass. This is Centre Pass on SENZ. Ricardo Ball, Storm Purvis with you talking netball through till 9 o'clock. It is 19 past 8. And joining us uh, out of the Mystics camp is our old mate, our cobber, uh, Claire <laughs> O'Brien. G'day, Claire. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, good. I was just having that conversation with uh, Storm saying, is Claire's nickname Cobb, as in C-O-B? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, but she's Australian, so it's kind of like Cobber. She's like, yeah. And I was just like, oh, brilliant. Uh, I don't know I don't know if it was that obvious to everybody else or not, and I, I'm just a bit slow on the uptake. But, uh, yeah, did, did Cobber sort of come out after you landed here, or did you have that in Aussie? Um, I had it actually in Aussie, yeah. It was just sort of convenient, I think, C-O-B, the old abbreviation for the full name. So, yeah. Well, it works. Absolutely works. I'm, I'm loving Cobber. Hey, how are you feeling after your game against the Magic? A good 12 goal win. You all recovered and done your review today? Yes. Yeah, we actually um, had an independent session today. So it was um, nice to not see everyone. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll be back in camp fully tomorrow. So, um, yeah, good, good vibes, I think, at this stage of the season. 
Yeah, we didn't actually get round to reviewing that game previously on the show, but yeah, obviously Mystics, you guys getting a 12-goal win to the Magic 44, but it was close there for sort of the first three quarters. The Magic really took you um, yeah. took you on. Yeah, um, I, I feel like the Magic as well because they um, had that time off um, from the competition just with, with COVID and things. I think they were um, coming out firing um, against us. So, yeah, it was actually really intense, um, that game, and, and they came out really strong. So, yeah, we were, we were lucky that we could come away with the win. And you guys obviously playing a bit of COVID catch-up yourselves. And although it doesn't really look like it when you look mm-hmm. at the points table, but you have got, what, is it seven games in three weeks? Is that freaking you out a bit? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. Um, the season in this year is just so, um, yeah, I guess unpredictable. And, yeah, for us, this is our busiest time of the season. So, um, yeah, we're, um, we're just focusing on one game at a time, I guess, and, just looking at the the next challenge, but um, yeah, it'll definitely be a, a busy um, month of May. You are um, top of the table, back in there after the pulse leapfrogged you briefly, um, but that win of the magic yeah. obviously getting you back up there. Are you enjoying your time here with the Mystics, Cobb? Because obviously you are from Australia. You've spent a bit of time with the Giants and the Swifts, two you know pretty strong franchises. Yeah. Um, but tell us about yeah. how you're liking it here in New Zealand with the Mystics. Yeah, it's been um, a really good journey. I feel like I've been learning lots and just growing as a player and as a person since I've been over here. And, um, yeah, for me, that's all I sort of wanted to do when when I made the decision to come over to New Zealand and um, keep growing my game. And, yeah, it's been, yeah, lots of fun. The girls are great. We get along really well. And, um, yeah, I guess everyone's just sort of um, enjoying it and, yeah, different styles of netball, um, and that's the, the learning piece that I'm really enjoying. Um, but, yeah, just sort of, I guess every day is a new challenge, so, yeah, it's been good. How did the sort of decision come about, or the, um, I guess, the move to New Zealand come about? Because we don't see it happening that often um, between the two sort of mm. competitions. Yeah. Um, well, for me, I my parents are um, Māori, so I... Um, I guess I've always had a soft spot for the Kiwi teams and the Kiwi League. Um, and I guess I came over at a time in my career over in Aussie where I was sort of, um, oh, I guess sort of fell out of love with the game and just wanted to find that again um, and thought a change of environment might have been what was needed for me at that time. So that was sort of the reasoning behind coming over um, last year. Nice. Um, and you've been playing quite a bit, obviously, starting in that wing attack position every now and then, sharing the load with Peter Toyava. As a, you know, people who follow the game closely, and we never know who's going to start between you and Peter, do you guys know during the week? Does, how does Helene kind of make that call? And, and what's the decision making down to? Um, yeah, I'm not really sure, to be honest. We um, have been sharing the load a little bit this season. Um, Oh, there's heaps of factors, I guess, when you throw COVID in the mix and um, load and, and injury management and um, all those types of things. Um, so we just sort of run with it, to be honest. And I I feel like she's a really great um, teammate to have, as in someone in, in your position, because she's always supporting you no matter what and, and wanting best for you. And I think that that's 
sort of equally growing on both of us. So it's um yeah, it's it's cool. But um yeah, I, I think each each week, yeah, is something different. So keeps you on your toes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, obviously Peter is someone who keeps everyone on their toes, I'm sure, teammates and even um, <laughs> the crowd and people watching the game. Like, have you learnt much off her? Because yeah. what I remember from her is that she doesn't yeah. have, like, a uh, any kind of – it doesn't look like she's any rhyme or reason to the way she plays. It just kind of happens, and her skills are outrageous. Yeah. I mean, what do you notice training alongside her being in the same position? Yeah, she um... – we, we, we also train a lot in a, in a centre wing attack pair as well. So um, I think the attacking brain on her is like second to none. Like you can't sort of explain half the things she sees on the court. So I think um, just little tips and tricks along the way um, she's definitely been helping me with. And um, yeah, I, I just think it's something that we're sort of, sort of sharing with each other and yeah, helping grow our game. So, yeah, and just um, quickly, we've kind of touching on the different styles, I guess, between Australian netball and New Zealand netball, in particular defence. Um, <laughs> obviously, seeing Kate Walsh come <laughs> under, um, you know, a bit of fire over an Aussie for her defensive tactics. Do you notice a difference? Obviously, the yeah. kind of the um, cliche is that Australia is a bit rougher; they play more man on man. Here in New Zealand, we don't do that as much. Yeah. You've played in both leagues. Can you notice a difference out on yeah. court? Um, yeah, I do. And I think different teams in ANZ actually offer different sort of types of defence because mm-hmm. I've noticed that um, some teams can put on a one-on-one um, defence style and I think, yeah, this is definitely like an Aussie sort of style defence, but then in the same instance they can mix it up with like a zone or, or something different like that. Um, so I have um, noticed the difference, um, but yeah, it's... It's cool, yeah. It's it's just different, I guess. Yeah, for me, um, just sort of learning against that different style. Who are the rough New Zealand teams? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say my own defenders? <laughs> yeah, I guess. No, I feel like yeah, I I feel like training is so tough. Like, and I feel like as the season's gone on, our like there's no let up at training. So I I honestly there's times I feel like. We're not even going to make it through um, just how hard they are on us. But, it's yeah, it's good. It, it sort of propels us, prepares us well for the game. So, yeah, making yeah. us better. Well, I mean, let's just cut to it. I mean, Storm's too nice to ask <laughs> us. Who's the who's the filthiest player you've played against? Ooh. <laughs> ever? Yeah, or yeah, ever. Ancient. The filthiest, did you say? Yeah, I'm, I'm using that Who's term. The, the dirtiest, t- oh, yeah. Yeah, niggliest, the one that throws the most elbows, does the does the most stuff un, oh. under uh, to try and to try and get the better of you. Oh my goodness! I don't think they're deliberately filthy. I feel like they're just hard hundy sort of players. I would say Jamie Lee Price is quite a like a physical sort of defender. Um, that's like one of her strengths, so I would say, yeah, she's pretty tough to come up against. Yeah, I mean, you haven't played indoor netball at, uh, at, at, <laughs> in Glen Innes. That's, that, that's the true test. That's the true test. Um, <laughs> to be fair, Jamie Lee Price, daughter of Steve Price, she's yeah. learned some tactics oh, uh, yeah. from her dad, I think. Yeah, we've all seen it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I play, I used to play a bit of football, clear, and there was a guy that I got to play with who had come up through the ranks in sort of semi-pro in England. 
And he said when he was about 16, oh, yeah. 17, he started playing for the semi-pro team, and there were a lot of ex-pros. And just the tricks that he got oh, taught yeah. of how to wind up the opposition, like it was something they actually worked on. <laughs> so I assume netball was the same. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right, Cobber. Yeah. Hey, we want to get to know you a little bit better, mate, so we're going to ask you a few questions here. Yep. This is our quick fire five sure. to finish. Um, if I pilfer your phone and, and look through your Spotify account, what's the last uh, song that you would have played on there? Oh, um, oh, you know what it was? J. Cole, No Role Models. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah, All right. It, one, but that gets a pass. That gets a pass. Um, <laughs> what's, your, what's your comfort food? What's the Saturday night couch comfort food that you go to? Oh, comfort food. Comfort food. Well, we're heading into winter. I would say like a nice warm pasta. Mm. That's that Any almost kind. that, that Any almost kind. that almost sounds like a great answer if the coach is listening because it sounds you know <laughs> it sounds like nutrition pasta carb loading carb loading it's not pizza and beer I'm good I'm safe <laughs> it's also safe because a pasta could cover like a million meals so, there, yeah but. exactly exactly yeah, literally yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right uh, what is your all time favorite movie um. I like Shawshank Redemption. That's always Great a classic. Film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, I suck up the Titanic when I'm in the mood for it. I'll just randomly chuck that on. Oh. Yeah, you know, there's one movie I've never Wait. seen. Titanic. No. What? Titanic. Yeah. Oh my god, you have to go home and watch it tonight. No, I was like, I was like, everyone knows the boat sinks at the end. What's the point of this movie? Oh my god. Was it, did I miss the point of that oh, movie? The build up is the movie. It's the love story, right? Oh. <laughs> All right. Okay. Maybe. Maybe I've missed something. Maybe I've missed something. Um, yes. Yes. You have. I have. Yeah. What, what's your favourite other sport? To either play or to watch. Um. I would say to play, like touch footy, or we call it Oz tag in Australia, but tag, um, basketball. Basketball with the ball, really. Yeah. Nice. nice. I feel yeah. like touch is the. I feel like every netballer we've interviewed has said touch, touch. just about. Yeah. Yes. You did say yeah. basketball, didn't you? Are you an NBA fan? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I just like playing, yeah, like the old half court street ball sort of vibe. Yeah, I'm with <laughs> you. Break a few people's ankles. I know what you're saying. <laughs> All right, Claire. Uh, last question for you as we get to know you a bit better here on Center Pass. Who's the most famous person you've met? Um, oh. Have to be an athlete. I feel like it was Sunny Bill Williams. It's not bad. I don't know. Yeah. Again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him. Yeah. Again, the third netballer to say that that we've interviewed. Yeah. So Sunny Bill's getting round. So. <laughs> <laughs> that oh is outstanding. God. Outstanding. Yeah, nice. Good stuff, Claire. Hey, listen. Thanks very much for coming on and having a chat. Uh, just before we let you go, though, it was there was another question that I I forgot to ask you before. Um, Storm, yeah. uh, you know, was talking earlier on the show about how Dame Nolene is going to do trials. She's going to invite twenty-seven players. I, given your Maori oh, yeah. heritage, have, have you had a call from Dame Knowles at all to come try try out? Oh no, no, I haven't. I um, I feel like New Zealand have a lot of really good middies, like like a lot of really good middies. So I feel like um, no, nah, I think I'm a bit off the mark there. 
I don't know about that, Claire. You've been you've been playing great netball for a team that is at the top of the table. We do have a lot of good middies, though, you're mm. right, which is something we haven't had in the past, so you're right. But 27 to pick. I think yeah. um, Dame Knowles won't be making those calls for a few weeks, so keep your phone on loud, Claire. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no Good stuff, Gobber. Go well, Thank mate. You. And uh, best of luck this weekend. Two games Thanks, in two guys. days. Get the Epsom salts yeah. in the house. Thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> Thank we... you. Thank you, Claire O'Brien there from the Mystics here on Cinepass on SENZ. It is 28 away from nine when we come back. Storm's team of the week. <laughs> This is Centre Pass on SENZ. We're talking Nepal, Ricardo Ball and Storm Purvis. And uh, Storm, of course, traditionally, every week, you give us a team of the week. Of course, we've had three games, but made up of four teams. So uh, I guess your options have been a bit bit more limited. And given how dominant they've been, are we... Can we make the segment short and just say it's the Mystics? Is that how (laughs) this... Can we we do that? I have one... Two, three, four Mystics in there and three Stars players in there. Oh, wow. So it is an all Auckland side. When I was writing it, I was like, oh, my God, Storm, you can't do this. People are going to you know, send you hate. You can't make it all Auckland. And I thought, no, got to stick to my, you know, got to be, stick to my integrity here. This is the team I've picked and I'm it's g- all Auckland. I'm <laughs> going to say to you that, that we're, we're counting three games. We're counting last Wednesday's game, right? Yeah. Yeah, we are. So, so the Pulse won that tie on aggregate. By ten goals, didn't they, or nine goals? Yes. So there's no, but there's no pulse player makes it. No, because, uh, <laughs> so Aaliyah Dunn could have made it in yeah, a goal. I'm not shoot. helping you, am I? No, you're not. <laughs> she could have made it, but Grayson Wicky made it. Yeah. And so well. you know, uh, yeah. And Kelly Jury could have made it at goalkeeper, but I'll tell you who's my goalkeeper. I know, shock. It's not Kelly Jury. Mm. Yeah. Look. Uh, the Pulse are just a team that work really well together, but they don't often have standout players unless it's Aaliyah Dunn or Kelly Jury. Yeah, right. Okay, so that's my thinking there. Okay. Just quickly, Claire, Claire O'Brien's just texted me saying, bro, Jamie Lee is going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't think she's listening. I think you'll be okay. That's all right. We'll make sure we podcast that bit. And then uh, Ben. Dirtiest player Cobb has ever, ever played, played against, against, apparently. And then can you add it at Steve Price? Because I know he's on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, oh, get it. we'll get man. it to her at some point. We'll yeah, she's going to kill us. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to my team of the week. Yes, it's an all Auckland affair. I'm really sorry. There's no magic in there either because they lost to the Mystics by 12. And I don't know how often the magic have been in my team at all this season, to be honest. Sorry, magic, you got some work to do. Yeah, I mean, probably of the magic players, and I, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but of the magic players, Claire Kirsten was probably the best of the lot, wasn't she? She And, and do you know what? Every week she is. You yeah. know, she's really putting her hand up and being that sort of experienced, calm leader in that in that side. Um, but like Cobb said just prior on our interview, there are a lot of great middies in the country. Yeah. And unfortunately, Claire just doesn't stand out enough to make my team of the week. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, that's right. Oh, well, let's let's get to your team of the week then. Are we, are we starting in the G, GK bib? Yep, sure. Let's start at the back. So going with Sulu Fitzpatrick from the Mystics. Um you know, the Magic nearly nearly beat the Mystics. Had it finished at sort of three-quarter time, it would have been a whole lot closer. Um, but Sulu just, you know, uh, minute after minute, ball after ball, got gains. So many gains for her side. And she's, you know, captain of this Mystic side and just leads by her action, but also never shuts up. So leads by her voice, just does everything on court. 
Um, so, you know, 10 gains in a game. I go on about Kelly Jury, who gets eight gains a game, yeah. every game, pretty much. Um, so to get 10 it was pretty outstanding. And she's just quite unassuming, just is really smart, goes about her business and gets bored when the Mystics need it. And we often talk about, you know, your Taylor Earls, your Peter Toyavas and your Grayson Wickies, but we don't talk about their defence enough. So Sulu Fitzpatrick is my goalkeeper this week. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a great combo, her and Phoenix Kataka, isn't it? It is. I love it. I love that combo. And I nearly picked Phoenix Kataka for my goal defence, but I've actually gone with Ellie Timu from the Stars, who is another one who... Um, often in the Stars side gets lots of ball and it doesn't get rewarded for her and that can be really disheartening uh, especially in that first game against the Pulse that they lost by 10. Ellie had six or seven games I think in that game and just never gave up you know it can be quite easy to drop your head and just think you know damn it my attackers aren't it's not happening for us so let's just you know let's park this one but she never stops never gives up and her combination with Anna Harrison is so fun to watch so she's someone who I think will definitely be invited to this 27 Ferns trial trial camp happening after the season um, who hasn't been in the mix at all in the past so look out for her she's she's fantastic. Alright uh, where are we going for wing defence the WD40? So this is where I thought I might get a pulse player in there yeah. but they just rotated their wing D's they're like three different wing D's throughout you know both their games so it's too hard for me to pick one of them sorry and I've actually gone with Holly Fowler from the Stars who has been sharing the load with Kayla Johnson but I just like the way Holly plays in that she really works the ground and the player, kind of more that tagging man on defence that allows Anna Harrison and Ellie Tima to shine behind her. Um, and she's coming back from back-to-back ACL injuries. So, you know, did a left knee, rehabbed, did a right knee. So it's great to see her back in purple colours and playing really well. And, yeah, sharing that load with Kayla Johnson is actually a masterstroke from Kitty Wills, two very different um, styles of defence, but it's working really well for them. Holly, just getting the edge this week. Yeah, just getting the edge. Just uh, getting the edge. Uh, what about at centre? Um, I, I, I think I know who you're going to go, but uh, you tell us. Who do you think? It's Taylor Earl. Yeah, I've gone Taylor Earl. Um, is Taylor Earl, I'm oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt your flow, no. but is Taylor Earl the most repped player in your team of the week this season? I mean, it feels like she's been in every week. I don't know whether it's Taylor or, or Kelly Jury, and just because yeah. Kelly's not in there this week. I think Kelly was always my captain. Um, yeah, Taylor just does no wrong. Mm. You know, for a centre, I often look at look at stats and nerd out. She never commits turnovers. Um, yeah, so what have I put here? Putting her end up just one turnover in a whole game at centre. That's crazy. The centre touches the ball probably more than anyone else in the game. And one turnover, it's just unbelievable. So she just, you know, never puts a foot out of line. Um and saying that she's feeding Grace and Wiki, so it's pretty easy just yeah. to kind of throw and hope the ball, and you know, Grace and Wiki's going to make it look good. But for someone again like Ellie Timu, who hasn't really been in the fold at all, I think, you know, she's a young player. She's playing a 50th match this weekend for the Mystics, which is pretty exciting. Um, she's just been outstanding this season, and every year she matures that little bit. Well, I think it's even more impressive because, as we mentioned earlier, Claire Kirsten has been the Magic's best player. Mm. Well, and so she's gone head-to-head with someone like Claire Kirsten mm. and still come out as as to be the, the standout centre and being your team of the week. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like that's that's not easy. Claire Kirsten is a great defensive player as well. So mm. to do your thing on attack and, and only come away with one turnover in a game against Claire Kirsten, um, you're right, that speaks volume for how she's going this season. Um, and it's a little partner in crime. I hope hope Cobb's not listening anymore. But I have gone with Peter Toyaba <laughs> in at wing attack. Um, you know, Cobb does the job when she starts and she yeah. sets the foundation. But Peter comes on. And this game on uh, last night, the crowd just erupted. And, you know, people buy tickets to come 
to a live netball game and watch Peter Toyava play. You know, she's got four eyes in the back of her head. She's got an extra set of hands or something. I don't know, but watching her play is just, um, it's outrageous. She's got just got this, like, sixth sense, and it's just netball. <laughs> um, it's and amazing to watch. Her range of passing is really good, too. And oh. just, just the way that she's able to arc balls just over defences and straight yeah. to grace is yeah. just a, a thing of beauty. She makes it, like reach to the highest point on top of Grace and then somehow the ball just drops. Yeah. It's, it defies sort of physics. It just, I don't know what she's doing. It's, it, it's incredible. And she has time. She'll catch the ball and then look at the clock. Like, oh, yeah, I've got a bit of time and then pass it or have time, you know, to catch the ball and then point to one of her players to drive somewhere and then pass it. Normally when someone, I know when I had the ball, I used to stand there and shake and be like, oh, my God, I've got to get rid of it quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, she just is never phased. She has that ball on a string. It's the backspin. It's the backspin, yes. The backspin. Something I never had. All right. Um, um, so that's our wing attack. Yes. Peter Tuiava. Who's yes. at goal attack? I have gone with Jamie Hume, um, who was MVP in that Stars, the second Stars Pulse game. Again, it's just her shooting load. We talked about it at the top of the show. She put up one more shot than the goal shoot. Uh, that never happens. Um, her percentage was down at 75%. That's probably not quite high enough. Um, in this day and age, we're used to seeing shooters you know, between 80 and 95. So she does... She will need to lift that going forward. Um, but she's someone who's really suffered from COVID and hasn't yeah. been shy in sort of admitting it. And we've seen in her return to play over the past couple of weeks, she really looked out of sorts. So it was nice to see her play a full game um, and really step up for them and nail some beautiful long shots when they needed it. Yeah. She's a fun shooter to watch. Fun shooter, all right. And mm. uh, rounding out your team? It is Grace Nwicky. Uh Look, 47 from 50 against the Magic last night, 94%. I mean, I say those numbers. I just say those rattle off my tongue so easy because it's just synonymous with Grace Nwicky and how she plays. But that's outrageous. You know, we can't forget that 47 goals for a goal shoot. You know, Aaliyah Dunn was MVP in that Wednesday night game against the Stars for putting up 37. And that was incredible. But Grace is putting up 10 more in a, you know, relatively low scoring game. So she's just um, pretty unstoppable at the moment. And it's exciting for. New Zealand netball supporters, knowing that we've got a big old event coming up later in the year. Yeah, in the mm. Common Games. Well, congratulations to everybody that made Storm Purpose yes, team of the week. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. Um, you all get a chocolate <laughs> fish at some point. Um, uh, now, uh, do, you, you didn't have a name to captain, have you? Oh, do you know, I've gone with Peter Toyava, just okay. for her ability to come on and really change a game. Yeah. Um, prior to her coming on in the third quarter, I think it was against the Magic, they were only up by four, and they ended up winning the game by 12. Yeah. Um, so to have someone come on and be that sort of inspirational I guess um, she's my captain this week there you go that first is, time I think as well it so, is yeah yeah, yeah that's Storm's <laughs> team of the week here on Centre Pass on SENZ uh, we do have of course a full round as you mentioned well it's more than a full round so a round and a half coming up this weekend um, and it's all at Pullman Arena as well right so it's almost like a, a magic round yeah uh, if you like uh, to use a term from another code yeah yeah, um, yeah. playing back to back games like the day after um that's that's got to be tough on players. It it can be back to back isn't that hard. I always found Saturday to Wednesday harder, or okay. you know Sunday to Wednesday, or Wednesday to Sunday harder, because you kind of just get your recovery sorted, and then you don't have time to get your your wheels in motion again. And you've got to play. Um, whereas if you're going back to back, you just kind of keep that momentum. You don't switch off. You just kind of get it out of the way. If you're doing back to back every week, that's different. Um, but these poor girls, man, like they're playing, like I said, seven games in 
three weeks and five games in 12 days and whatnot. It's it's pretty tough. This season is really testing the fitness um, and sort of stamina of these fantastic athletes, which is a good thing, I guess, knowing that we have got a pinnacle event. Yeah, you might get a call up yet, Storm. Uh, we, better, we better take a break because when we come back, Angela Armstrong, Lush Empire, is going to join us. It's nine away from nine here on SENZ. This is Centre Pass uh, with Ricardo Ball and Storm Purvis talking netball. And uh, joining us now is umpire Angela Armstrong Lush. G'day, Angela. How are you? Hey, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, can I start by asking you how many times you had to eject Storm from the court? <laughs> Um, uh, let me recall the big zero. Oh, Never. Disappointing. I disappointing. was an angel, wasn't I? Absolutely. Good conversations about the game. Fantastic player. Well, that's great to hear because we're here to have conversations about the game. I'm sure you have been, um, I suppose not keeping up with the Australian network, but I'm sure you would have seen the latest sort of drama from across the ditch, um, surrounding Kate Walsh and her defensive tactics against Sophie Fawn's young Swifts rookie in the Suncorp Super Nipple. And I just wanted to ask you, Ange, to get an umpire's point of view on that whole debacle, because there was no whistle, there was nothing kind of said in the game. Did you watch it and what was your take on it all? Hey, to be honest, um, I've I've seen it, but I haven't seen um, the lead-up or what happened after. So... To be really boring, I can't actually comment on that. Mm. Well, because I try and look at social media, um, obviously with the stuff that we do. Yes, I watch the netball, but um, I guess from an umpire's perspective, it's a snapshot in in time. And like I said, I, I'm being honest; I don't have the full picture, so I'm really sorry to be boring. Not boring. I mean, that's that's a great answer. I guess that's quite. Um... Nice to hear from an umpire if, if people are still playing that that is the case because you would have seen it on social media. It's got something like over 4 million views on TikTok, which is outrageous. But just to kind of set the scene, um, you know, when a defender is stepping, is defending over a shot and a shooter comes in to try and mark their space and take the defender off the line, is that a contact? Like what does the rule really come down to? So well, the rule really comes down to the fact of does it actually, is it contact and has it interfered? Um, the thing about it is that it's a bit of a complex one. It's not as simple as two players just bumping into each other. It's actually, we have to take into consideration the skills of the player, the strength. And obviously we have another six players on the outside or two on the outside that we are watching continually. So I guess we have to take that little snapshot of what's happening in that moment and make a decision based on what we see also based on experience of the umpires and what's in your kitty at that time and um, all those things help you make that decision. Do you personally feel like Australian players are rougher and more physical than New Zealand? Because you've obviously um, umpired internationally a lot. Um, In my perspective, I think we have, and you would know this too, Storm, we have two different styles of play. Um, and in the aspect of New Zealanders play off the body and play space, where the Australians play man on man, which I kind of um, liken some of it to basketball, where they make the contact and they, they just keep going. So it's a really hard one to actually make an, a you know a decision or make a judgment on it because 
the game, the way the Australians land in comparison to the way we land and catch the ball, oops, sorry, New Zealanders catch the ball, to Jamaicans, the way that they catch the ball, um, it's completely different. And again, based on our experiences and what we know about the game and what we've experienced, help us make that decision. Thank you very much, Angela Armstrong Lush, with us here on Centre Past.